Hi, and welcome to the B2B Marketers on a Mission podcast. I'm your host, Christian Klepp, and one of the founders of Einblick Consulting. Our goal is to share inspirational stories, tips, and insights from B2B marketers, digital entrepreneurs, and industry experts that will help you to think differently, succeed, and scale your business. Welcome, everyone, to this episode of the B2B Marketers on a Mission podcast, where you get your weekly dose of B2B marketing insights. This is your host, Christian Klepp, and today I'd like to welcome a guest onto the show who is a senior marketing leader with 20 years of marketing and communications experience. His areas of expertise cover several facets of the marketing spectrum, and he's also a Duke University teacher and professional speaker for digital and social selling. I mean, I could go on and on, but I'd rather leave it to him to tell us more. So, Mr. Matthew Royce, welcome to the show, sir. Oh, thank you. Appreciate being here. All right, Matthew, I really enjoyed our, you know, the discussions that we had in the uh, pre-interview call, and I'm really looking forward to this conversation. So why don't we just get started? Um, Sounds so great. One of the things that, you know, we, we discussed uh, during the uh, pre-interview call, Matthew, was like, you know, that you developed your expertise and you built your career around a very, I, I would say is a very important area. It's um, B2B content marketing, right? So talk to us about what you believe is required in order for organizations to be able to successfully implement a B2B content marketing strategy? Yeah, so uh, yeah, this is a topic near and dear to me. And Mm -hmm. uh, I work for a B2B uh, technology company. I've been in the tech space uh, 12 years and uh, wholeheartedly uh, believe that content marketing is the uh, foundation of a good digital marketing strategy and an overall marketing strategy. So to be successful in B2B content marketing, you really need to take that media or journalistic mindset. And you have to think like the traditional media, the traditional TV, uh, industry publications, mainstream uh, media publications to become a media company yourself. And how do you do that? You really do that by answering the questions that people are asking the most. So going into Google and figuring out what questions Uh, People are asking on Google and then answering that and not only answering it, but answering it 10 times better than anybody else. So if you Google a keyword such as content marketing, you're going to see Content Marketing Institute is is the top four results. And so you have to produce better content around the topic of content marketing uh, to be really successful. So just by answering the most frequently uh, asked questions with your content through thought leadership, through sales enablement content. Uh, through case studies, uh, even you know things like this in podcasts. And if you answer these questions for your prospects and customers, you'll be successful. And so content really content marketing really needs to be a, a critical part of everything you do in marketing. You need to take that journalistic uh, media approach uh, to your content. Um, and it's critical for your lead generation and demand generation efforts, your brand awareness, your customer retention strategy. It all starts and ends with content marketing. No, those are some great insights. And, uh, you know, thanks for sharing that. I, I love how you said, like, you know, um, you, you need to think and become a media company. And, I, and I'm sure you also meant become a media company without the massive costs involved, right? So, Yes, that's correct. Yes, yeah. you can do everything on you know, on the cheap, so to say, uh, mm-hmm. where, you know, there's so many software tools out there that sure. you just got to make sure you have the right ones in place and then uh, make sure you, you, again, answer the questions that your audience is asking. Yeah, that's exactly right. Um, I know we were going to talk about uh, key misconceptions and we'll get to that in a second, but um, just just ponder me this, Matthew, like, where do you think, um, you know, based on what you've said, 
Where do you think a lot of uh, B2B companies go wrong in terms of their content marketing? I think it really goes to they talk about themselves too much. Right. Uh, you know, I think I think everyone thinks they're the best things in sliced bread, and, and that's okay to have confidence in yourself. But really, it's not about you; it's about them. Um, and you got to answer those questions. You got to be helpful as much as possible. You know, we all make mistakes, but it's how you recover from those mistakes uh, that is critical. And you know, customer service is is lost sometimes. And and so the companies that really uh, go above and beyond when it comes to customer service and answering your customers. Uh, will succeed because word of mouth is still very powerful, even in this digital age. Um, and, and they'll spread the, the the word about those bad experiences that most people share bad experiences rather than good experiences. And so it's really important to make sure your customer is happy and that those questions that they have, those challenges, those pain points are being answered and you're solving that. You're not talking about yourself. Uh, you're answering and and. Uh, answering the questions that they have. Yeah, no, that's exactly right. I, I love, I love the comparison of sliced bread. By the way. <laughs> oh, thank you. Yeah, yeah, I mean, everyone thinks they're the best, but you know, yeah. are we really? So. Well, it's it, it, it like you said, right? Um, you you alluded to it. It's 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 less about you uh, you being obviously the company or the product or the features mm-hmm. and whatnot, and it's more about them them being obviously the target audience, right? Exactly. Right. So. On to misconceptions, all right? So what are some of those key misconceptions that you've seen out there um, that people have when it comes to B2B content marketing? Yeah, so I have three. The first one is B2C marketing has really little relevance in, in B2B. And I think that's wrong. It's really human to human. You know, people right. buy from other people. Uh, and B2C, B2B and B2C are very similar in that regard. And so really it's about people to people marketing rather than a B2B or B2C. Now, there is a big difference between the two worlds and that B2B is more professional. It has more buyers and the buyer committee. Um, you know, and there's some differences there where consumers is obviously more one-to-one. But at the core, you know, marketers are talking to people and it's about helping them solve their problems. The second misconception is that content marketing equals thought leadership. Yes, thought leadership is very important. It's a critical part of content marketing, but there's also sales enablement. There's middle funnel, lower funnel activities such as webinars and case studies, podcasts like today, and you know lower funnel activities such as data sheets and workshops. So content marketing is more than thought leadership. Thought leadership is very critical, especially around the brand awareness and showing your unique perspectives, but it's not everything content marketing is. And the third misconception is marketing technology is a silver bullet. Yes, having the right marketing automation system, the right customer relationship management system, such as salesforce.com, the right collaboration system, you know, the right uh, system such as uh, collaboration systems such as Zoom or a video platform is important, but it's not the end-all be-all solution to your problems. Technology is an enabler for marketing. It's not the uh, you know, solver for your marketing problems. If you're going to have marketing problems in the traditional world, you're going to have marketing problems in the digital world. If you bring all those bad best practices uh, or those bad habits that you formed in the traditional world, you're going to bring them all into the digital world. So it's really important to build a strategy uh, that goes beyond just solely technology. And so those are the three misconceptions. Again, B2C marketing has little relevance with B2B. That's wrong. Content marketing is more than thought leadership and marketing technology is not your silver bullet. 
all really great points, man. And and especially like, you know, once like, I, I mean, I thought they were all equally relevant, but like, uh, for example, like number three with MarTech, I mean, it, 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 it's so true though, because everybody keeps talking about it. I mean, you, you, you know, you just look at platforms like LinkedIn and everybody's talking about what's the latest tool that everybody's using to enhance their productivity and what have you. And, uh, and I think there's been a lot of discussion in the grapevine about like, you know, you can have all the greatest tools in the world at your disposal. But if you don't have the right skills, the right team, and like you said, the right strategy, it's all going to be for naught. Agreed. All right. Okay. Let me drop some statistics on you before I ask my next question. And this is um, this is coming from a uh, research that was conducted by the Content Marketing Institute. And so they were saying that some changes um, that B2B organizations have made in response to the pandemic, right, were... Um, the following. Well, I've, I've picked three points. So point number one is 70% of organizations change their targeting and messaging strategy. Point number two, 64% said they adjusted the editorial calendar and 53%, which is point number three, changed their uh, content distribution and promotion strategy. So, I mean, besides these three, like what, what are some of the other significant changes that you've seen um, you know, with regards to B2B content marketing or demand lead gen um, due to the pandemic? And why do you think these changes are so important for B2B companies? Yeah, I mean, the pandemic really accelerated the shift towards uh, digital. If you didn't have digital marketing you know, before the pandemic, you definitely have it now. And so for those who are behind with digital marketing, they have a chance to catch up. Well, kind of. Uh, I mean, there is that first mover advantage for those who are already digital. Yeah, uh, but you know, there's those, those find those new ways to use digital to your advantage, and you got to really figure out what your strategy is in terms of marketing and, and what's your advantage compared to your competitors. And so, the pandemic really changed how we operate, changed how we work, changed how we thought about buying and selling. And so, the global pandemic, you know, made your website more important. You know, people really want to take real time actions on your website, chat with someone. Uh, get a quote, do an assessment. Uh, you know, everything needs to be real time on your website, and your website is your storefront window. It's the it's your it's your home, and so you really got to make it welcoming for them. Uh, two, uh, the sales free sales experience that is really accelerated as well. Um, you know, pre pandemic, you probably went into a store. Uh, you know, such as Gap or whatever, and they say, yeah, can I help you? And usually you would probably say no, and then go find what you needed. Uh, and then when you were ready to talk to that person, you would go talk to them if you needed a new color or a new size. Uh, but really the experience is now gone to, you want to make the decision, and you don't want that salesperson, you know, kind of hovering over your back. It's, it's especially critical uh, digitally, especially with millennials, I think it's 44% of millennials want that sales-free sales experience. And so really going back to the website, that is key to marketing now is that digital and your website. And a lot of people neglect their website, uh, but I mean, it, it is, it's more than a business card. It should be your lead gen. Uh, it should be your demand gen, uh, you know, your hub for your entire experience with your prospects and your customers. And then three, Online demos now are a mess, uh, a must, excuse me, not a mess. But uh, I mean, people were a mess probably before uh, yeah, probably. pandemic <laughs> and then they came into the pandemic and they're like, oh, wow. You know, for example, you know, a brick company, I may be a brick company, but how do I sell bricks if people are not coming to my showroom 
to see those bricks. And so companies had to shift to these online demos where you could see the bricks in action, almost feel like you're touching it or see it in an environment. Um, uh, you know, if you're building a house, for example, how these bricks look um, in a house with your other um, parts of your house. And so really online demos now are a must. So the pandemic has really accelerated marketing two to three years when it comes to digital. Yeah, no, I, I couldn't agree more, man, especially with the uh, the rapid acceleration towards digital. And um, yeah, you talked about it a little bit in the past couple of minutes, Matthew, but like, why do you think, um, especially in B2B, why were they so resistant to digitizing? Was it because I, I, I suppose it's a it's a combination of certain factors, right? It's mindset, it's the organization itself. It was probably the market too, because like, you know, so, certain B2B industries, they were more accustomed to going to trade shows, for example, and that's how they generated leads. Um, and like you said, um, others had showrooms where customers would go in and see or sample the products and, and whatnot. Well, what, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, B2B generally is sales driven and it should be. Mm -hmm. uh, but, you know, it's it's tough to teach an old dog new tricks, so to say. So, you know, it's very sales driven, very in-person. It's very relationship driven. And so how do you replicate that relationship driven business digitally? Um, and it really varies on how strong the marketing department is. If you really think about it, marketing is now sales and sales is becoming more like marketing. And right. so the best marketing departments think like a sales uh, person mm -hmm. or a sales team. And those are the most successful. The marketing departments that don't just worry about ads or brand yeah. awareness or anything are not going to be successful. Marketing has become a performance business just like sales. Uh, it hasn't gone totally there yet, but it's heading there yeah. where you're going to see marketing departments eventually have quotas if they don't have it already. Well, yes. And, and, and like you like you said, um, they're, they're going to be attached or responsible at least for a part of that revenue that's going to be brought into the organization, correct? Exactly. Yep. Right. Okay. Hey, it's Christian Klepp here. We'll get back to the episode in a second. But first, is your brand struggling to cut through the noise? Are you trying to find more effective ways to reach your target audience and boost sales? Are you trying to pivot your business? If so, book a call with Einblick Consulting. Our experienced consultants will work with you to help your B2B business to succeed and scale. Go to www.einblick.co for more information. Talk to us about the importance of leveraging different formats or channels for content marketing? Because as we know, um, you know, content marketing is not just, okay, you write a blog article, right? I mean, there's there's several different options at your disposal. And that's anything from like videos to visuals, um, podcasts like this one. Um, so why is it critical for content marketers to use a mixed format approach? Yeah, so I'm going to go back to that media company analogy. Again, we're all media yeah. companies. You're, you're an entertainment company, an information company. Mm -hmm. um, you know, if you're a one-man band, you're an information company of one. But as, you know, B2B, it's, you're obviously bigger. But you need to use those different formats because your audience hangs out in different channels online. So really, that's where that multi-channel marketing is becoming more and more part important. So if you know your audience is on Instagram, you need photos and videos, you're not going to really use a very text-based format for Instagram. You know, if they like to read, you need a very text-based with your blog or medium or any of the uh, other channels. And then if your audience likes to listen to podcasts like this, you know, on Apple or Spotify or Google Play, 
Um, you're going to need to have audio. So the key is to de develop those different types of content. I look at it is there's a there's heavyweight content, there's middleweight content, and there's lightweight content. And what does that mean? So heavyweight content is your strategic content that requires more internal resources or working with an agency to develop uh, a, a big piece of content that you know is 20, 30, 40 pages long, such as an ebook. Um, it could even be a you know a regular book, like a printed book that you would get at Barnes and Noble or on Amazon. Or if you're really a thought leader, like a TV show, uh, Red Bull, things like that. Middleweight content is your worker bee content. This really drives the needle. This is your day-to-day -day content. This is your white papers, your blog posts, your video interview series, your podcast interview series. This is your your day-to-day -day really uh, things that move the needle. And then your lightweight content, that's your daily social media posts. That's something that's more timely and topical. That's something more around news jacking and figuring out what's going out on the day. Uh, you know, for example, when the, the lights went out in the Super Bowl and Oreo uh, did a social media post about dunking in the dark and stuff like that. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, it's things like that to really react to it. And then, sure. you know, it's really easier to produce that because there's a turn quicker turnaround. You have to really be nimble on your, on your feet. Mm. And so, what I found most successful is you started that heavyweight content and then you break up that heavyweight content into more middleweight content or lightweight. Right. Content. Right. And so really it's around repurposing and reformatting. You don't have to recreate the wheel. Right. Um, you can turn a blog post and go deeper on a topic and turn it into a white paper mm -hmm. or have a white paper be split up into multiple blog posts and add something there or, uh, you know, the images from your ebook, you could then post on Instagram and then promote a chapter of your ebook. There's so many different ways you can use that mixed format approach right. to be successful with content marketing. Exactly. I mean, those are some great points. And uh, like, if I understood you correctly, it's also about like getting more, um, you know, to use that colloquial term, get, get more juice out of the squeeze, right? Yes, exactly. Yeah. Um, just... Just circling back to what you've been discussing the past couple of minutes, you know, in terms of the different content and what have you. I mean, how important, I mean, obviously you need to have a strategy as you're developing all, all these different types of content. Um, how important uh, do you feel um, it is to have, uh, you know, the developing the target personas and understanding the buyer's journey? Yeah, you definitely have to know who you're talking to. I mean, mm -hmm. HubSpot has this cool tool, uh, persona tool that, right. that's free out there that you mm -hmm. can build. There's a lot of cool free persona tools, but you got to really understand your audience. You got to make sure you understand what their pain points are. You have to put yourself in their shoes. Mm -hmm. um, and you also have to think, hey, if you're producing content that you don't like, how is your audience supposed to like? Right. I mean, it's little things like that that yeah. go so far, you know? Yeah. But that's such a relevant point, though, for B2B, because, you know, like, uh, and I mean, you said it earlier, like, you know, more often than not, like the content tends to get extremely technical, right? Or, yes. or, or really, or really like detail. Like, for example, if you're not in the, let's just pick, let's just pick one industrial adhesives industry, right? Mm -hmm. Like, how would you know the chemical combinations of that particular product, right? So how, how do you make that more digestible for people that are going to read that content? Yeah, so it's it's important. I mean, how do you explain it to your mom and dad? It's as simple as that. I mean, can Bingo. you explain what you do every day to your mom and dad in a simple terms? If you can't explain that to your audience in there, how how is anybody, uh, you know, how are you going to make your content easy to read? 
Now you do need to probably put in some of those, uh, you know, technical yes. content, but you need a, a good, healthy mix of technical content and thought leadership content. You can't just be solely uh, technical. Right. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Um, yeah. For this next question, we 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 already had a little bit of a discussion about this, and I know that we're not we're not like trying to prophesy anything here or mm -hmm. tell any fortunes, but uh, mm -hmm. if you have any predictions if ever, um, when it comes to B2B uh, content marketing, uh, what would they be? Yeah, so I'm going to I'm gonna go back to, you know, for 2021 is a great time to take a step back. 2020 was a hell of a year for a lot of people. Yeah. And so now is a great time to, to think about what happened in 2020, reprioritize what's important to you and your company, and really start to create that real marketing strategy. You know, marketers are asked, or even sometimes we put it on ourselves to do more, more, more. But is really more actually going to be more for the business or more for your revenue? You know, sometimes less is more. And you can see this with the rise of account-based marketing, especially in the B2B world. You know, the spray and pray approach, as I say, it doesn't work anymore. You need to be targeted. You need to have that unique perspective. You need to be helpful with your marketing. You need to work smarter, not harder. And so, uh, you know, you do need to work hard, but you need to think about things in a smart way. If you're thinking about it in your own life, you know, your personal productivity is not how many hours you work, how much hours you work every day. You know, there's no longer the eight to five job that we all have uh, anymore. Right. You don't clock in at eight o'clock and you clock out at five o'clock. That doesn't nope. happen That's anymore. Right. And so it's really, it's about getting your top three things you need to get done that day. The same thing with content marketing. What are the three things I need to do? What are the three things my audience really needs to understand? Or what questions do they need help answering? You know, the same thing goes with marketing. Just like productivity, the same thing happens with marketing. And so it's a great time to take a step back, concentrate on what's really important for you, get rid of all the other noise or everything out there. You don't need to change that shiny new penny or that shiny new tool mm. or anything like that. You know, don't keep adding onto your list. Try to take things away from your list. I know it's going to be tough. It's tough for me. Yeah. But, you know, all these other departments are going to have demands on you. You know, what I see is everyone thinks they're a marketer. And so they always have, they always think they know how to do marketing's job. But do they really? And so can you explain to them how you should think about marketing and do it in a way where it gets them them meaning your your other departments within your company to think differently. Man, that is such fantastic advice. I mean, that 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 in itself was worth its weight in gold. So, like, um, I, I you know, and, and and it's amazing to see. I mean, like, let's just take LinkedIn as an as an example of a platform where people are churning out copious amounts of content. And you know, even even just from what you see on a daily basis, I mean, there's just so much opportunity out there. Um, for improvement, I mean, to your point, right? Like just reviewing what's been done in previous years and looking at it now and saying, okay, so is that still relevant? Can it be done better? Um, and if it can be done better, like how are we gonna do it, right? And 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 totally with you on the spray and pray approach. I mean, I, I don't even think the spray and pray approach really works in in, in B two C. I mean, like, uh, but definitely it has no it has no home in B two B. Yeah, let me add one other thing. You just got yeah. reminded me of something here, Christian. Yeah, please. Uh, 
I mean, you know, even going look back at your old content. I mean, yeah. it's an easy win. Go look at your old content and refresh that thing. I mean, not yeah. only will you do it, it'll be better for you, but it'll be better for Google. You'll show up higher. I mean, go ref- you have tons of content probably. Go go look mm. back and refresh it. You know how often brands just put it out there and just let it, you know, die on the vine? Well, yeah. go go find it, you know, give it some love, add some new stats to it. You know, that will really help you overall. And Google will actually reward you um, if you get rid of your underperforming content. So, you know, it's a great time to go and look at your old content. And then you might get some new ideas because usually what's old becomes new again. And you're like, oh yeah, I remember I published this like five years ago. Wow, that's actually relevant again. Yeah. You know, Put a new fresh, uh, you know, coat of paint on that thing, and uh, <laughs> you know, do a new headline. Use tools like CoScheduler, Headline Analyzer, or some other headline analyzers. Yeah. Give it a better headline, refresh it, um, and then voila, you got new content. You don't even have to hire anybody or you know, doing it. It's just the the care and feeding of your old content. Yeah, no, that's that, that's definitely some great advice. Um, all right. We come to one of my favorite parts of the interview because we had such a great discussion about this before. Um, commonly held beliefs. Every discipline has one, right? So B2B content marketing is no um, exception. So Matthew, talk to us about one of those commonly held beliefs in your area of expertise and talk to us about why you strongly disagree with it. Yeah, so I think it's the quantity versus quality debate. Um, yeah. You know, I think people maybe take one side or the other. You know, I kind of toe the line and go in the middle. Um, I think you need both. But where I think people uh, struggle with, and I even struggled this with my personal blog, is how can you be consistent with quality content? And so I didn't figure this out for a while, but I only publish on Tuesdays and Thursdays on my blog. Occasionally, I may, you know, add a day here or there, but, you know, just being consistent um, almost back to that TV appointment viewing. You you remember when your show was on always Monday night at eight o'clock, or when the Sopranos right. used to be on at yes. Sunday night at eight o'clock. <laughs> you know, it was appointment TV viewing, right? The yeah. same thing needs to be with your content. So you need to have a uh, a way where where your audience comes to expect. Hey, every Tuesday and Thursday at eight a.m., I'm going to get new fresh fresh content. Mm. So you know that is where the quantity discussion goes in and then the quality discussion and both are subjective by the way so yeah. you know what what's subjective to you about a quality piece of content may be different than me for example yeah but what's the key when it comes to quality content is is it evergreen um, can it stand the test of time um you know you don't need to create the sistine chapel so to say of artwork but you do need quality content uh, that will last, that won't get, uh, you know, a storm come through and, and get blown away, so to say. But you need to have it there where it's helpful, it solves their challenges. It needs to have that substance to it. You know, it just can't be that, you know, content of the day. Um, and you, you can't really just be that content fa- factory where you just produce that blah vanilla content over and over. You, you got to take a stand. You got to be unique. You got to take a, take, take a uh, almost a contrarian type of view to your content because those pieces of content perform better. Right. <laughs> I, I love that comparison, by the way, on producing vanilla content. 
it's uh it's almost like uh it's similar to like you know if you say cookie cutter right so yes exactly just like um generic templated um oh i've read that somewhere else right that kind of yeah, stuff yeah exactly mm -hmm. oh and one other thing did you yeah. hear about why oreo creates new flavors nope they, they create new flavors because it's ad for their original flavor and so they're not concerned about the new flavor and the sales of the new new flavors because the new flavors bring sales back to the original. Huh. And okay. so you got to think about that. It's it's really about building momentum with your right. marketing and your content. Yeah. And you know, it comes back to what's your cornerstone piece of content yeah. uh, that, that you're really known for as a company. And then all the new fresh content should come back to that core cornerstone part of your content and all the mm -hmm. new content um, is kind of the outer edge of it. If you look in a circle and the circle is the core and everything else is out there. But if you think of it like Oreo thinks of new flavors, I think they'll be successful. That's a really great piece of advice, man. Just w one more time for the listeners, um, the, the Oreo analogy. Yes. So yeah, Oreo cookie creates new flavors. I think they just came out with new one with Lady Gaga. Yes. Uh, and did. so, you know, all those new flavors help sell the original more wow. because it's it gets top of mind and people get sentimental and nostalgic and like, oh, I love Oreo. Oh, but I actually like the original better. Yeah. Let me put the original <laughs> in my shopping cart hmm. instead of this new Lady Gaga. Or they may be buy the Lady Gaga, but they're like, oh, I still like the original content. So they buy both. And so then Oreo wins there, too. Right. Right. No, fantastic, man. Fantastic. Um, just as we're slowly beginning to wrap up this discussion, um, talk to us about one thing that you think people should start and one thing you think people should stop doing when it comes to B2B content marketing. Yeah, so I'll start with the stop. I, I think we kind of talked about this before, but, you know, creating content that says you're the best thing since the sliced bread. You know, you need to stop <laughs> talking about yourself. When you go to a networking party, you don't want to get, I mean, you know, pre-COVID, obviously, if you don't want to, if you go to a network party and you get stuck to the person that talks about themselves a lot, you're, you're going to be dying to get out of that conversation as quickly as possible. Oh, yeah. Stop Absolutely. creating content that talks about yourself. Think about how you can better serve your audience, how you can ask them better, better and smarter questions about what's going on in their lives and gearing your content around that. And then what you should start doing is mastering the fundamentals. It's crazy how many companies forget about simple fundamentals of content marketing. They're all caught up in these shiny objects or doing the new things. We got to get the basic things right, such as great quality customer service, content that is helpful, content that answers your question, content that's 10 times better than your competitor's content. Really doing the foundational things. And if you do the foundational things correctly, you'll go faster as a marketing department because you've mastered those fundamentals. If you've played sports or doing anything like that, if you know how to dribble well or know how to run well, and if you master all those fundamentals, you'll become better and more sophisticated player who can, can concentrate on more of the advanced type parts of the sport. Same thing with marketing. If you master those fundamental parts of marketing, master those one-on-one -on -one things, you're going to become better as a, as a content, B2B content marketer. No, that's exactly right. I mean, like, couldn't agree more. I mean, and, and, and to your point, you know, we, we see it everywhere. Like, you know, people just, 
Um, I, I guess you, you can say like uh, uh, missing the point is one way or just, yeah, not, not getting the basics right and just going going on. And, you know, in B2B content marketing, especially, you know, you can get so granular and then people forget like, okay, but how does that actually solve the problem that your target audience is facing, right? Exactly. So, yeah. I mean, little things like making sure when you do share content that mm-hmm. it has a good image, has a good headline. Right making sure the metadata is correctly. I mean, doing the simple foundational SEO stuff mm-hmm. is so critical to your success. Absolutely, absolutely. No, Matthew, this has been such a great discussion. So, um, you know, we get to the part where you tell uh, the listeners a little bit about yourself and, you know, who you are. Yeah, so I, I've really enjoyed this discussion. Uh, so again, my name is Matthew Royce. I'm the marketing director at Syntax. We're a cloud managed services company that supports mission critical applications like SAP and Oracle. I've been in technology for more than 12 years. I've been in marketing my entire career of, of 20 plus years. Uh, and, and I'm just excited to talk to you guys here today. And I'm honored to be a part of this podcast. And thank you for inviting me, Christian. Uh, and uh, yeah, thank you again. Yeah, and we, we we were really thrilled to have you on the show too, Matthew. So, um, you know, it's it's been such an incredible session. Um, thank you so much for your time and for sharing. Uh, so, what's the best way for people out there to connect with you? Yeah, so they can they can reach out to me on LinkedIn uh, and Matthew Royce on LinkedIn and say you heard me on this podcast. Uh, you know, please make sure when you do do a connection request, uh, you add a little note to say how do I know you or what you're interested in, and then you can also visit my blog at knowledgeenthusiast.com. And that's where I write about digital marketing and content marketing. And uh, yeah, excited for you to uh, check that out and uh, see how I can help you in your digital marketing, content marketing efforts. Perfect. Okay, folks, so you heard it. So you can reach out to Matthew on LinkedIn. And that's uh, that's Matthew Royce, Royce with an S and not a C, by the way. I made that mistake once before. <laughs> yeah, spot on. Um, Everyone thinks uh, it's Rolls yeah. Royce with a C. Rolls Royce, yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. And then, and then the blog, and the blog is knowledgeenthusiast.com. So, Matthew, once again, this has been such an insightful and informative session. Thanks again for your time. Please take care, stay safe, and talk to you soon. Thank you. All right, bye for now. Thank you for joining us on this episode of the B two B Marketers on a Mission podcast. To learn more about what we do here at Einblick, please visit our website at www.einblick.co and be sure to subscribe to the show on iTunes or your favorite podcast player.